Now, we do have uh, the baptistry filled today. We're going to share in that uh, in, in today's service. And we do have nine candidates who we're going to introduce later uh, who will be taking that, that step of obedience into baptism. But I do want to tell you right now as a, as a prompter, if there's anyone here today who has not been baptized, who at any point feels that they would like to be baptized and is feeling that, that urging or that pulling, uh, you can still do so. And we'll figure out dry clothes for you. We'll, uh, we'll figure it out as we go. But we're going to have that opportunity, even if you're not one of the nine who has already communicated that. At any point, uh, you can pop up and you can do that. And uh, we, it'd be a joy to share that with you. Uh, but today, it's, it's one of those moments that is, is such a joy to share as a family of believers, to see uh, the work that God is doing in people's lives, that, that people are changed uh, both now and forever into eternity because of their faith in Christ. And it's one of those things that you can do and forget why you're doing it and what joy there is in it. And so we're going to take just a moment before we get into the baptisms to kind of just talk about what it means and and, and really focus on a scripture verse today that explains uh, what happens when you come to faith in Christ. And it's just so easy in everything in life to go day to day and forget what God has done and what God is doing. And so there's a verse here I want to read and just talk about briefly that actually impacted my life as a believer. This is the verse that really spoke to me that helped me fully put my faith in Christ and experience the new life in him. This is found in in the book of Galatians. And I encourage you to go there in your own Bibles as we read this. We're just going to talk for a few minutes on this this one verse, Galatians uh, 2.20. But before we do so... Let me just pray for us uh, and, and pray for the service we have ahead as we uh, study God's word. So pray with me. So Lord, I want to thank you uh, for this promise that we're about to read, this, this good news that uh, we can have new life in you, that you uh, bore the pain for us on the cross, that you have ushered away into forgiveness, and not just new life, but e- eternal life, and you uh, both now and forever. And so, God, we thank you for all the work that you did for us and all the ways that you loved us so deeply that we cannot understand. But, God, as we understand it this morning, we seek to, I just pray, we grow in our appreciation of you, our, our faith in you, and that we live moment by moment, day by day, in a deeper faith of what you've done, what you've done and, and what you are yet to do. So, God, I just pray for all of us this morning as we celebrate with these nine baptism uh, candidates that we remember uh, what you've done in our lives or what you can do in our lives that would bring us to a place of joy, bring us to a place of encouragement, and just deepen our faith and our trust in you um, from this day forward. So, I just pray this now that you speak to us through your Holy Spirit, and we pray these things in your name, Jesus. Amen. So we're going to read just this one verse here in Galatians 2, uh, chapter 20. And to give you some context of what we're reading, this is Paul uh, really kind of opening up the letter of Galatians, and he's, he's really talking about the difference of life in the flesh, or life in our own power, and life in the Spirit, or life in, in God's power. He comes to this verse, which is, at its surface, maybe hard to understand, but he says, I have been crucified with Christ. And I no longer live, but Christ lives in me. The life I now live in the body, I live by faith in the Son of God, who loved me and gave himself for me. 
I want to look at just three parts of this as we understand what what the Apostle Paul is really saying. And he starts out with, with the words, I've been crucified with Christ. And those that language, especially for someone of that contemporary time, would have been jarring. I've been crucified with Christ and I no longer live. Now, put in context, we look at the crucifixion as something that happened and something we know what Jesus did on the cross, and we wear the cross around our our necks on a necklace, and it becomes this 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 thing of hope and joy in some ways for us. But in the time, crucifixion was a terrible, awful, painful, dreadful thing that no one would wish upon themselves or even their enemies. Now, the Apostle Paul is saying, "I've been crucified with Christ." And I no longer live. Think about what he's saying there is that I've lost everything of who I was, and I'm not that person anymore. Now, for the majority of the world, that's a that's a bad thing. That's the worst thing because because life is all about retaining everything you have, keeping it at all costs. And, and, and adding to it as you go, that's the, the, the point of life for most people outside of faith is, is keeping and growing what you have. Sometimes at the cost of yourself, sometimes at the cost of others, but keeping. And now this verse of hope says that, that, that we can be crucified with Christ and, and lose everything. How do you understand that and, and see it as a good thing? Well, the only way is is to know who you are and and who God is and what he's done for you. And and what Jesus did for you at the crucifixion, that that when he died on the cross, it was something he did willingly. He he, he submitted himself to that. He had all power to escape it, Yet, but he marched to the cross and he hung on the cross for a specific reason, which was to pay the price of our sins. The sins of all people in the world, that, that all of our sin, the penalty, hung with Jesus on the cross and he paid for it completely. And the death that he experienced was not final but temporary. He raised from the gra- grave and, and, and conquered the power of that death and then walked in life eternal and ascended to heaven. He did all of that for us. He conquered the power of our sin, and now he's offering that, that same gift to all of us that we can live outside of our sin. So to understand this verse is to understand also yourself and the sin that we all live in. That the Bible says that every person has fallen short of the glory of God. Every person has sinned, and with that sin there is a, a penalty, which is death. That sin controls you and enslaves you. And ultimately, if you, if you live in that sin, you end in eternal death. But there's hope in Jesus that no matter who you are, no matter who you were, there's a new chance, a fresh start, a new life in Jesus. And it's offered to anyone who comes to him in faith. That anyone who loves their life in this world will lose it, Jesus said, but those who hate their life in this world will save it. It's in John 12. That he, that he offers us all this chance, this new chance, no matter who we were. Now, if you know the Apostle Paul, you understand more why this is important. 
because he wasn't always a good guy. He was the worst. The worst of the worst, he says. And he was a guy who, who wanted to squash the church and kill the Christians and do whatever he could to stand in the way of Jesus. But when he came to know him, there was a new chance and a new life. And it's with joy that he could say, my old self was crucified and gone. And I'm not that person anymore. And all of us, when we come to realize and reconcile the state of ourselves and our own sin, we have that opportunity too. That we can be a new person in him. And, and this is for anyone who comes to faith. There's no such thing as too big of a sinner. There's no one that's too far gone. There's, there's no need to kind of clean yourself up first before you come to faith in Jesus. Just like you wouldn't wait to be healthy until you go to the doctor. You come to Jesus as you are. And the old you can be gone. And the new you can be here. And that's the, the middle part of this verse is, been crucified with Christ, I no longer live. But the hope here is that Christ lives in me. Christ lives in us. And, and 2 Corinthians 5.17 says that anyone, if anyone is in Christ, they are a new creation. That the old is gone and the new has come. Anyone with faith in Jesus has this, this new life in him where now Christ lives in you. And this, this also is kind of a radical statement that's hard to understand, especially of the contemporary viewers or readers. Because the, the general consensus in just about any world faith system is that God is distant. God is unpredictable. God can be cold and vengeful. But now we read that God himself lives in us. And this is what happens through faith. This is, this is a crazy statement for us to even unpack today and something we take for granted, that, that Jesus lives in us in our new life. But this means a lot of things. It changes every, every part of your life. And, and the first is that you have the power of Christ living in you. That you can overcome any kind of hardship, any kind of temptation in your life. And, and we don't stop being tempted by sin after we are a Christian. But now we have the power to overcome those temptations. Life doesn't ease, instantly become easy when you're a Christian. I wish that were true. I wish I could tell you that. But the fact is, is that Jesus told us the opposite. That there, there will be troubles in this world. But he'll leave for us his peace. And so we have power when, when Christ lives in us above any circumstance or hardship to make it through it. To live in his peace in any moment. And Philippians 4, 6, and 7 is another great verse I encourage you to memorize. And I'll paraphrase verse 6. It starts by saying, do not be anxious about anything. Do not be anxious about anything. How many of you are anxious about nothing in life? Right? We all deal with worry and anxiety and, and dread, but we have this gift. When, when Christ is in us, we can experience his peace. And it goes on to say that no matter what you're facing, you, you, can, you can bring it to God in prayer. And you can ask him for the things you need. You can be thankful for the things you have. And you just give whatever you're going through, through to God. And when you do so, verse 7 of Philippians 4 says, and then the peace of God which passes all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Right, the things that are troubling you deep down in your soul, 
you can experience peace. The, the, the racing thoughts you have, you can experience peace even in your mind. And, and this is something that's only possible if Christ lives in you. And I know there are many who are going through difficult things right now. We all have our struggles and our pains and our hardships, but I've experienced the peace of God that I can't explain by doing exactly what we just said and handing things over to him. We have his power, we have his peace, and most importantly, we have a permanence in Jesus. When Christ lives in you, when you're made into a new creation and born again in him, it's forever. It's forever. And there's nothing that can separate you from his love. And this gives us this sense of hope to walk through anything in life. Anything. We know how it's going to end. We know that God will never give up for us. This is forever. And so as you go on in life, after you put your faith in Jesus, you live it in faith as we end this verse, that the life we now live in this flesh or in this body, we live by faith in the Son of God who loved us and gave himself for us. There's this new purpose, this new perspective of life that, that has found no other way except through faith. And it's this idea that the life becomes more than, than you. That's one of the biggest blessings as a Christian is, is life is bigger than you. That is as God working in you and, and doing incredible things, that life is no longer about your power or, or your purpose, but it's this relational walk with him through all things, that we can live in this trust and this obedience, that things can still and will still be difficult. But we live in faith in the Son of God who loved us and gave himself for us. And the questions pop up, why? Why me? Why now? Why this? But when you live by faith in the Son of God, It's this trust and this peace that he's working all things together for the good of those who love him. Even when it doesn't make sense. Even when you don't know. That you can live in what we talked about, that that hope that all things will be made right in eternity and new forever. This is only possible through faith. It's the faith that is a death to yourself and, and a life in Christ. And I just want to take a moment to encourage anyone here today who hasn't put that faith in Jesus, that if, if you want true peace and true hope and true contentment in your life, the only way to do that is through faith in Jesus. And the way to come to, through faith in Jesus is first just to, to know yourself and to admit your sin before a holy God. Now, I, I came to faith in Jesus when I was... 16 years old, and in much of my life, I fought against that notion that I could be a sinner. And I had a, a pride of myself and a pride of life. I was like, well, I'm not that bad. I'm not as bad as that guy. Do I really need a savior? But when it came to understand my own brokenness and my own sin, I, I fell before God, knowing I needed him. And that's just admitting your sin and asking him for forgiveness and, and trusting then what Jesus did on the cross for you, that that when he died for you, he truly died for you out of his great love, but also in his power that he can forgive you of your sin no matter what you bring to him. There is forgiveness at the cross. And then a confession in, in Jesus is, Lord, that I want to follow him 
every day of my life and be obedient to what he has for me and trust in him every step of the way. There's hope and there is peace and there is contentment for you and faith. But today as we baptize, that's, that's what we remember and that's what we celebrate from these nine baptism candidates who are going to be uh, immersed in water as a public profession of their faith. And, and for those of you who uh, are, are maybe from other faith practices or new here, I'm going to explain what baptism is and how we understand it biblically here. And, and the first is maybe what baptism isn't. All right, so when we baptize, this is not a way for sins to be forgiven. This is not a way to receive God's grace. This is not the way we go to heaven. We, we believe that the only way to eternal life is through faith in Jesus and through faith alone. But this becomes then an expression of that faith. Now when they do this, they're, they're walking in obedience to Jesus himself who instructed that we baptize disciples in the name of the Father and Son and the Holy Spirit. That they're walking in obedience to do this freely and knowingly. This is their choice. <clears throat> and in our church, we do not require baptism for attenders or members. It's something we have people walk through in, in their own time, in their own way with the Lord, but we highly encourage this step. And it becomes now this, this outward illustration of what, what God did, that they no longer live, but Christ lives in them. And so when we immerse them in the water, it represents the death to their old self. And we raise them up, it represents now their new life in Christ, to walk in faith and obedience to them, to him. This becomes a, a powerful, powerful testimony to all of us today that, that they made this step in their life and they're, and they're taking this step today to publicly proclaim their faith in Jesus. And so I want to invite all of our candidates up to the front to introduce them to you at this time.